Welcome to the Medical Affairs Professional Society Patient Centricity Focus Area Working Group's two-part podcast series on publication plain language summaries. In this first podcast, we will discuss key learnings from a pharma perspective in relation to developing publication plain language summaries. I'm Karen King and I'll be the moderator for this podcast. I currently serve as a member of the Patient Centricity Focus Area Working Group and I'm Head of Medical Strategy at CMC Affinity, a medical communications agency. I'm also a researcher, published author on publication plain language summaries. So just to say the views expressed in this recording are those of the individuals and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of MAPS or the companies with which they are affiliated. And this presentation is for informational purposes only. It's obviously not intended as legal or regulatory advice. So we encourage everyone to engage in conversations about plain language summaries with other MAPS members via the community portal on the MAPS website. Simply log in with the email address and password associated with your MAPS account and click on the discussion tab. Then you can scroll down to evidence generation to post a question or to look at other questions and review other answers. So the podcast objectives are to explain what publication plain language summaries are and their value, and also specifically to share pharma experience of developing plain language summaries, including how to overcome some specific pharma challenges. So please refer to the content hub on the MAPS website for an accompanying Elevate article, which does cover this topic in a lot more detail. And I'd like to thank today's panelist, Deepa Shari from Pfizer for sharing her expertise with the MAPS membership. Deepa, could you please introduce yourself? Thank you, Karen, I'd be happy to. My name is Deepa Chari, and I've been in the pharmaceutical industry for nearly 20 years now in various clinical research and medical communications roles. Over the last few years, I've been leading the global scientific publications team within Pfizer Oncology, responsible for scientific communication activities for medical congresses and journals across the entire oncology portfolio. In addition to pub planning, we work on a number of different initiatives covering digital innovation and patient-centric activities to broaden the reach of our data dissemination. Prior to my time at Pfizer, I worked at Novartis Oncology and Amgen in similar medical communications functions and also in clinical research. Thank you, Deepa. So we're just going to move on and start with a quick definition of some of the terms that we're going to use in this podcast. So there are two different types of lay summaries. Uh, the first is clinical trial summaries, and the second is publication plain language summaries. So clinical trial summaries are now obviously a re legal requirement in Europe, and these are typically templated summaries, often hosted on the clinical trial databases, and they typically summarize the results of the trial in plain language for patients. And the target audience is obviously the patients that perhaps were involved in that particular trial. Publication plain language summaries are summaries which accompany manuscript publications, which can be in different formats and styles, and also hosted in different locations, including on the journal site. So this also includes summaries in plain language of Congress abstracts, which are often displayed on Congress posters. And today we're going to focus on our experience with publication plain language summaries. 
as there's really limited guidance on this topic and we often get a lot of questions around this topic and it's clearly an area of um, interest and has been increasing over the years. So now that we've covered that deeper, I wondered if you could possibly outline Pfizer's recent experience with developing plain language summaries for Congress abstracts, which were shared on scientific posters at ASCO and some of the other oncology meetings. Sure, Karen. So in June of 2018, my team initiated a pilot to develop short summaries of research results from our scientific abstracts written in plain language at the ASCO annual meeting. These abstract plain language summaries, or APLS, as you just described, were shared during the Congress alongside poster and oral presentations with the primary objective of helping other non-scientific audiences better understand the latest developments around cancer research, as well as therapeutic options in a timely and credible manner. As you know, cancer patients regularly attend oncology conferences as they actively seek emerging scientific information that may impact their care. However, the availability of publications in non-scientific language is very limited. The project that we embarked on represented a significant investment of time and resources since it was piloted without precedent within the pharmaceutical industry. There were a number of compliance challenges to address around sharing emerging data, including that on unapproved products and indications, to ensure appropriate facilitation of scientific exchange with non-scientific audiences in a way that was not promotional or misleading. In addition, the potential benefit and impact of the project were initially unclear since there was no guarantee that the APLSs would be used by the intended audience. However, the unmet need voiced by patients and others for more accessible information on emerging research was a priority to address. And our decision to proceed was rooted in Pfizer's longstanding patient's first commitment. The APLS pilot at ASCO was successful, demonstrating that APLSs were accessed and used widely, and that inclusion of patient perspectives added substantial value to their development and readability. Since the initial pilot, Pfizer has continued to share APLSs at medical conferences globally, and now other pharmaceutical companies are following suit. That's really interesting, Deepa. In my experience of working with other clients in this field, there can sometimes be a reluctance from the legal and compliance team, which I know you mentioned, regarding developing publication plain language summaries. Was that the same within Pfizer and how did you overcome that challenge? Absolutely, Karen. So as mentioned, our pilot at ASCO 2018 represented the first time that plain language summaries of scientific content had been developed at a major scientific con congress. Therefore, we did encounter a few challenges in navigating compliance guardrails around patient-directed communication, um, and even navigating challenges with the Congress itself to ensure that we were embarking on this activity compliantly. So this ultimately resulted in a need to develop a new governance process internally that would allow for the APLSs to be written in a compliant manner and appropriate for use with a non-scientific audience. In addition, we determined that both internal and external author groups would need to be educated on the initiative overall and why their involvement was important since it would result in added workload related to Congress's overall. So we were able to overcome these obstacles through close collaboration with our medical and clinical teams, the lead authors, our agency partners, and our patient partners. With their collective feedback, we were able to ensure that the APLSs were developed with comprehensible reading level requirements 
and relevancy to the patient perspective while ensuring an accurate reflection of the, of the original scientific content. Thank you, Deepa. And can I also ask, was there any key learnings regarding the best format for the PLS um, that came out of all the discussions, as well as what should be included? Yes, we certainly do have a few. So first, we learned that it's important to display information in a visual manner whenever possible and appropriate to help audiences understand more complex information. For example, using infographics in a helpful way can communicate key points in a simplified manner, and this is especially beneficial when it comes to presenting data. The use of color is also important, along with different text styles and formats to ensure that the most important information in the abstract is easy to find. We also found that having audio phonetics available on the document can really help with the pronunciation of disease terms and drug names. And finally, it's important to note that there is internal alignment on the appropriate reading level based on health literacy principles and guidelines. All of this has shown to help with reader retention and engagement. That's very interesting, Deepa. And can I, can I ask what the optimal review process was and, and did you include patient reviewers in that? Yes, we did include patient reviewers as we thought that that was a very important step. So each of our APLSs follows a co-development process consisting of content development by a trained APLS medical writer, followed by reviews from our medical and clinical teams, lead authors, and patient partners. Their feedback aligns the APLS with the comprehensible reading level requirements and relevancy to the patient perspective. And overall, with all their feedback, we can ensure an accurate reflection of the original scientific content. That's interesting, Deepan. Can I ask, how did Pfizer actually measure success and reach to patients? Because that's a question we get asked over and over about metrics. Can you maybe give me some more um, information on that? Absolutely. This is certainly one of the more challenging aspects of what we do. Uh, so APLSs, as mentioned earlier, are available at the Congress. And specifically, this is done by viewing or downloading um, a Q, after you scan a QR code on a scientific poster or oral presentation, you're able to view or download that APLS. And what that does is direct the patient or non-scientific audience member to a microsite that's available throughout the Congress and for a duration of time after the Congress ends. And this microsite is actually set up to collect quantitative metrics on the usage of the summaries. So what we've captured to date is that we have collected around 10,000 views or downloads across our 300 APLSs that have been developed since June of 2018. And in addition to that, we've received a lot of positive feedback from patient advocacy organizations on the importance of this activity, which we've conducted through smaller meetings. Um, we've also partnered with patient advocates in, in focused groups to obtain more qualitative feedback on ways to enhance the development and the delivery of APLSs and also to ensure that we are um, making these as useful as possible for the broader patient community. This will continue being a work in progress. There's a lot happening externally. Um, there are a lot of health literary, lit, uh, literacy principles that are evolving. And so this will help us adapt our plain language summaries accordingly. 
Thank you, Deepa. And 10,000 views and downloads is, is very impressive, um, particularly for your sort of initial pilot studies. So lastly, to, to finish, if you had just three key recommendations for your other pharma colleagues who might be considering developing publication plain language summaries, could you perhaps outline what they would be? Absolutely. So as I mentioned, there, there may be some initial challenges in socializing the process internally. So first, I would suggest showing the importance of the activity to patients and how it enables more transparency with pharmaceutical research. The second thing I would recommend is getting feedback from patients on the development process, as well as on the initiative overall, as their input will ensure that this activity meets the broader needs of the patient community. And finally, sometimes it's easier to start on a smaller scale, like the pilot that we did, which will help demonstrate value. And then you can broaden the initiative over time. Taking a gradual approach like this will allow you to also make changes and adjustments along the way to the process. And then you'll eventually be able to scale it up to the level that you'd like it to when you and your organization are ready to do so. That's really helpful, Deepa, thank you. So it's certainly clear that patients attending the patient tracks at these congresses really valued having these summa summaries that could be clearly understood on the most up-to-date clinical research, very relevant to them. So we've outlined the experience from Pfizer and how to overcome some of the perceived pharma challenges regarding developing publication plain language summaries. So I'd like to thank our speaker, Deepa Shari, for sharing her expertise. And this has been the first podcast of two on publication plain language summaries. The next podcast will discuss uh, the patient perspective on plain language summaries. And please also remember, if you're looking for more detail on this, there is an accompanying Elevate article on the content hub of the MAPS website. So if you are a MAPS member, thank you for your support. And if you're not yet a MAPS member and would like access to additional resources in this area, please do visit the MAPS website to explore joining today at medicalaffairs.org slash membership. And this concludes the podcast. Thank you. <laughs>